0: we get into that one, we're going to, uh, we're going to finish up the series that we started before Christmas. And one of the things that we talked about is that we were seeing Christmas being diminished, and we were seeing less and less um, focus in on uh, Christmas. And as Christians, we have to be careful because we'll do the same exact thing. Now, not that we don't preach on on Christmas and the baby and the manger and and all of that. The problem is, is that we want to just look at at the beginning of Matthew, and we want to read Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and we want to read Luke 1 and 2, and then we don't really go much further than that. And and so what we did is we went back and we looked at the entire um, Bible, and that's what we have to see. If we want to truly have a good understanding of what Christmas is all about, we can't just look at it in segments. We have to look at it as a whole. And so we went all the way back, and we started in creation. And, and we, we, we learned that at Christmas, Christ came to cover our curse by dying in our place on the cross, And then the next week, we talked about our hope, the hope that we have, and the fact that God has many promises for us, and He has made great promises uh, for us, and, you know, He brought about the, the theme is the longing, in the Old Testament is the fulfillment of the Christ. And then we talked about the covenant. You see, God's response to our rebellion is to give a covenant that we don't have to keep It's all about him. It's about what he does for us. Covenants address the catastrophic, that big word of the fall, and they all point to Christmas and the cross. Then we looked right before Christmas at the incarnation. God comes. We learned that in a similar way that God dwelt with his people in the tabernacle, in the temple, He now dwells within people. He dwells within us. The incarnation, God comes, and and that's what we really dove into. And then salvation, God gives. As we led up to Christmas, we focused on John 3.16. And, and we focus not just on John three sixteen, but what does John 3, 14, and 15 say? What does 16, 17, and 18 tell us? And our title this week is The Consummation, God Reigns. A, a simple way to look at Christmas is to see Christ, who came in the cradle, who became our substitute, is going to come back again one day. And he won't be coming in a cradle again, but with a crown. And he's going to take us to heaven. And and so that's what we want to really focus in on here. Do you know the difference between an optimist and a pessimist, especially when it comes to New Year's? An optimist stays up on New Year's because they want to see the new year come in. How many of you stayed up and watched the ball drop? How many of you were an optimist and you were excited about what 2020 will bring? How many of you were pessimistic in 2020, and you watched the ball drop because you wanted to make sure it left? Yeah, there are a lot of you that that was the focus. You wanted to make sure that 2020 was gone, and I totally get that. And while some of us are are happy to say good riddance to 2020, and we want to look forward to that new year, we must keep in the forefront of our minds that the next big appointment that we have isn't just the new year, but it's the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back. And we better make sure that we're prepared. And here's the thing: we need to know how Jesus is going to come back. And some people they 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 think of Armageddon and they want to they want to get ready for battle. So they see Jesus coming back this way with this picture. Do we have it. There we go. I mean, how many of us, we want to see Jesus coming back, you know, we, we see a deuce and a half, we see it ready to go, amped up, Jesus of Nazareth, King of kings, Lord of lords, he is coming back. Like, that's how, that's how we see the second coming, really coming, uh, some of us do. Well, what I want us to do is I want us to look at, at Revelation, we're going to look at Revelation 19, 21, and 22. And one of the things that we're going to see as we read through this, the book of Revelation has one main theme, and it was that the fact that persecuted Christians, we receive comfort And there are a lot of of people that really get caught up in the book of Revelation and and they want to argue and they want to debate about it and and they want to say, well, well, what millennial view are you? Are you you an all-millennialist, a post-millennialist, a pre-millennialist? And if you've heard this before from me, listen, I'm a pan-millennialist. It's all going to pan out in the end. One thing that I know for sure, without a doubt, Jesus is coming back. And I want to focus in on that. And here's the thing, four different times, this is what we read in these last verses, behold, I am coming soon. That's what Jesus tells us. Behold, I am coming soon. You may have heard about the man who uh, bought a donkey from a preacher. And when he purchased the donkey, the preacher said, okay, so this is how I set it up. He's very uniquely trained. Whenever you say hallelujah, the donkey will go. When you say amen, the donkey will stop. And so the man jumps up on the donkey and you know, he, he's excited to try it out, so he says, hallelujah, and there goes the donkey and he takes off, and he goes, amen, and the donkey stops. So he buys the donkey from the preacher and they take off and they're headed home, and, and as they're headed home, um, the donkey just keeps going and there's, they, they see a ravine and a cliff coming up on them, and, and as they're getting close, the guy forgot to say how to make the donkey stop. And, and so he's trying to halt, stop, stop, Lord, please stop! Whatever you do, and th- and then he, n- nothing's happening, and so he decides to pray, and, and he prays, and says, "Dear Lord, please, whatever you do, help this donkey stop before we get to the edge of the cliff." Amen. And the donkey stops. And they get right to the edge. And he goes, "Hallelujah!" <laughs> you know, in Revelation 19, all of heaven breaks out in glorious hallelujah. I absolutely love what we read here in the word hallelujah which means praise the lord. It is only found here in the New Testament. That's very interesting for us to be able to see and it's used four times in, in just chapter 19. You see things are coming to a close. And, and I don't want to scare you. I don't wanna, Oh my goodness, Travis is saying 2021 could be the end. Maybe it could happen right now. We're told in the twinkling of an eye, that fast, our lives could be demanded. The last trumpet could sound like it could happen at any moment. And we need to be prepared. It may not happen for 100 years, but let me tell you, we better be prepared today. And that's what my focus is as we bring all of this to a a conclusion. Look with me at Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 7. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the roar of many waters and like the sound of many peals of thunder crying out hallelujah for the Lord our God the almighty reigns. Now it harkens back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Could you imagine like this is the the, the sound that those shepherds heard when the whole angel choir broke out on that first Christmas night. Like that's what they heard when the angel choir burst onto the scene. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Are we ready? You know, we're the bride. Have we made ourselves ready? Are we prepared every day are we ready for his return jump down to verse 11 then i saw heaven opened and behold a white horse the one sitting on it called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has and he has a name written that no one knows but himself You see, the king of Christmas will judge in perfect justice. Jesus will make all wrongs right. He is the one who is faithful, and he is the true witness who will judge all nations and all people. Jesus is that one. Look at verses 15 and 16. It paints a picture that we seldom have of Jesus. I mean, we love the picture of Jesus Oh, sweet little baby. We we like rocking the baby, right? Most of us do. Some of us are like, no. You know, um, I I loved rocking my grandbaby. Loved it. Absolutely love when she wants to climb up in my lap. Love it. Love it when my daughter, who's 14, wants to still climb up in my lap. You know what I don't like? Smelly diapers. Diapers. No, thank you. Not, not, not my fourteen-year-old daughter, um, the baby. I did not like that. Like, nope, Teresa. Here you go. Like, no, thank you. I, I don't. I want nothing to do with the changing of the poopy diaper. Please, no. And, and now she's going through the process where she's potty training, and I'm like, Teresa, she needs take care of her. You know, like, but we love babies, right? We love their innocence. And so we like to look at Jesus as the innocent little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes but this is an image that we usually don't see Jesus as from his mouth comes a sharp sword in which to strike down the nations and he will rule with he will rule them with a rod of iron he will tread The winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's not a picture of Jesus that we really like because we go, we like the the innocent Jesus. We like the Jesus of the New Testament, Not, not Revelation. And we don't like the god of the Old Testament, but we like that Jesus of the New Testament that says where of all your accusers went neither do I condemn you. Like like that's what we that's the picture of Jesus that we love, right? What does Jesus say after that? He says go and sin no more. You see, we have to see the picture of Jesus of who he truly is. He is our judge. He is our king. And one day he is coming back. Now, let's jump forward to Revelation chapter 21. We love Revelation 21, especially those first six verses. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This, is, this again, is a picture we love of Jesus, right? Well, we love this part. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall be, there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This is one of the scriptures whenever I have to do a funeral, I go back to. He will wipe away every tear. There will be no more pain. There will be no more mourning. No crying. No more death. For the former things have passed away. Like That's what we truly want to focus on. Uh, again, you know, we, don't, you know, we all want to get out of... Hell free card. Like that, that, that's the focus for us, right? Because we read about hell and we're like, hell's going to be horrible. And hell's going to, like, nobody wants to go there when you really understand what it's about. But for the Christian, it's not just about not going to hell. Trust me, I don't want to go to hell. But I want to be in heaven where I'm with Jesus and there's no more pain and no more torture. And no more sin, no more death, no more decay. Like That's, that's where I want to be. And I just read the final chapters in Revelation this week. I, I wrote down 10 connect points between the book of Revelation and the Old Testament, showing how the Bible is unified. It, it is one unified narrative, beginning with creation and ending with his second coming. If you go back to Genesis 1 and 2, it describes how God created the heavens and the earth. Well, well, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, we read, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The second thing that that we see is that Adam and Eve, they are married in in Genesis chapter 2. And in Revelation chapter 19, 19, verse 7, we read, for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. In Genesis chapter 3, It ends with the tree of life being guarded by the cherubim with a flaming sword so that Adam could not go near it any longer. In Revelation chapter 22, we hear that the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 10, there's a river flowing through Eden. In Revelation 22 verse 1, there's a river of the water of life Brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, we read that God walked in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He came in the coolness of day and he he walked with them. There couldn't be anything better than that, right? Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. We will be able to dwell with God again in full righteousness. As a result of Adam's sin, God pronounced a curse in Genesis chapter 3. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 3, the curse is reversed. No longer will there be anything accursed. That's what we read. Genesis three nineteen tells us that death, separation, and suffering entered the world through sin. We jump forward to, uh, to, to Revelation 21, verse 4. We read, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. In the Old Testament, the temple of God was the focal point of worship, and God's glory was on display in 2 Chronicles. But as we read in Ezekiel chapter 10, God's glory departs from the temple. But in Revelation 21 verse 22, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. In Genesis chapter 22 God provided a ram as a substitute for Isaac. In the Passover, it was the blood of a lamb that caused the angel of death to pass over the people. In John chapter one, verse 29, John the Baptist says, Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Did you know that the word lamb is the most often word used to describe Jesus? It's used 29 times, 28 times. Here's one of them, Revelation chapter 4, verse 12. We just sang this song earlier. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and and might and honor and glory and blessing. He is the Lamb. And then number 10, the glory of the the glory of God is the theme of the entire Bible. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, we read, I am the Lord that is my name. My glory I give to no other. And in Revelation chapter 21, verse 23, And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the lamp. I love what Kyle Eidelman says. He says the first time he came will not be like the next time he comes. <laughs> I think part of our problem, we're distracted very easily. I don't know about you, but there's times where I just need to put on blinders. There's times that, when especially when my wife's talking to me, sometimes I'll actually do this, I'll, I'll go like this, because I need to Stop everything around me. We get so easily distracted with everything that's happening that we miss what's right in front of us. We need to make sure that we are hyper-focused on being prepared and ready. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't... um, remember all of those other things that are around us. It doesn't mean that we can't still enjoy life, but we get so caught up in so many other things that are happening in our world today that we just need to put on blinders and focus on Jesus to be prepared and to prepare ourselves Again, not that we forget about everything else that's going on in the world, but we get so focused on on this virus. We get so focused on on politics. We get so focused on our our football teams. We get so focused on on what we're doing with our kids' lives and and everything else and what we're gonna do and and that next promotion. We get so focused on everything else that we forget about Jesus. We need to make sure that that is our focus. Words that I I can't stand. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That doesn't matter what you're focused on, whether it's your kids. My kids, when we would travel back to Ohio, you know, it it was, you know, it's about a seven hour journey and about an hour into it, Jaden's like, how close are we? Are we there yet? That's why I always usually travel through the night. That way they sleep and I can just jam out to my music and and everybody else is asleep and, and we can just drive. But then I started asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, um, we, that happens to us all the time. But then once we get there, I mean, that last stretch, man, it feels like it takes forever. We hit Columbus and we get through Columbus and I'm like, okay, 30 miles to go. We can get there. Are we there yet? And, and I start getting excited, but I'm trying not to get my kids excited because they're excited to see their family. But I have to hold all of that in. You see, the second coming of Jesus is a bit like that. We're, wait, we're asking the question, or we should be asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And the, the excitement needs to be there because we have to be ready. We, it's time to go home. But we get so distracted by so many other things. I pray that God will shake, shake us out to our, out of our spiritual slumber, whatever is distracting us, whatever is keeping us off of the focus of Jesus, that we will bring that focus back in, that we will prepare and not delay. As I was reading the last chapter of the Bible this week, there were four G's that spoke to me. And over the, the next five minutes or so, we're, we're going we're gonna to dive into these four G's. Number one, in 2021... Let's grow in the word. Let's open our Bibles. Let's grow. Let's take the opportunity to truly understand his word. Revelation chapter 22, verse seven says, and behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he, blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. You know what the emphasis of this verse is right here? Obedience. Obedience obedience, that we, we will be vigilant in knowing his word. We're not going to be able to see the signs. We're not going to be able to, to, be able to share the gospel of Jesus with others if we don't know it ourselves. Now, we can all look for signs, okay? And, and it's easy to say, oh, the Antichrist is still sitting up in the office and will be there until the 20th, right? Like, people will say that. And then people will say, "Oh, the Antichrist is taking office on January the twentieth, right? Like that—that's the focus." And, oh my goodness! And do you realize that every president, by some group of people, has been the Antichrist as long as we can probably go back? Saddam Hussein was the Antichrist because he was trying to literally rebuild Babylon. That was his focus, and that's what he—he's oh, the Antichrist. Oh my goodness! He's in the Middle East, and it's coming. Be careful. with some of those things. But be prepared. Be obedient. Read His Word. It's impossible to grow if you're not getting into the Word of God on a daily basis. Please plan this year to resolve that you will read your Bible and that you will stick to it. Some of you have already made resolutions We're on day three, and some of you have already broken them. But if you make that resolution that you're going to work out more, that you're going to eat better, that you're going to cut out the chocolate, that you're going to be careful what you post on social media, that you're going to, whatever it is, one of those resolutions will you make that you will read your Bible this year, every day. And there, listen, there are many apps that are out there there are many different Bibles that you can read that there, there, there are apps out there that will help you read it chronologically. There, were, there are apps out there that it'll give you an Old Testament passage, it'll give you a New Testament passage, and it'll give you one of the songs or, pro, or Psalms or Proverbs to read through. Some of them will, will, will walk you through, just start in Genesis and read all the way through to Revelation by the end of the year. Will you resolve to be in your Bible daily? Will you find a way to get involved in a life group? And, and listen, any of these things, if you need help trying to find a Bible, if you have um, you know, all of the different apps that are out there, BibleGateway.com um, has a really good one. It'll send you email reminders every day uh, of what to read. And you don't even have to open your Bible. You just open your, your phone, your email, and there it is right in front of you. But I'll help you. The staff will help you. Our elders will help you. We'll, we'll help you however we possibly can. Get involved in a life group. Get involved in a, in a Bible study. They're going to be starting back up. Get, get involved Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Right through these doors right here, we have an, a, an adult Bible study. I encourage you, if that's something you're looking for, get involved in it. Get involved in one of our life groups. Get involved in our men's group. We, the men's group meet on the first and the third uh, Saturdays of the month. We have two women's Bible studies that one of them meets uh, on Tuesday morning at Liz's. Uh, We have a Thursday night that that meets at Kristen's. Um, We have many opportunities for you. Youth, get involved. Uh, Not just on Sunday nights, but they have an amazing Thursday night program. Young adults, we, we have a program that's just for you. Find a way to get involved. Spiritual growth happens best in groups, small groups, not just in large settings like this one. Number two, gather to worship. Gather to worship. Plan to meet. If you can meet in person, we would love to have you meeting right here in person. I would love to get back to the point where we're social distancing and we have got to go back to two services because we're filling this place up. Meet online. If you can't meet here in person for whatever reason, we're live on Facebook streaming Every Sunday morning, I encourage you to jump on, to be a part of it. You know, according to several surveys, the the average evangelical uh, gathers for worship 1.8 times per month. That's less than twice a month. And I think that data is a little bit old because some of the data that we're seeing, especially right now, is the average person is attending church once every eight weeks. Once every six to eight weeks is about the average right now. That's crazy to think about. But make it a priority. Anchor in your life that you will meet. And we have great flexibility, again, meeting in person, online. Find a way to meet and to gather. Revelation 22, verses 8 through 9 says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. The angel says, don't worship me. And we as a church say, don't worship us. And there's so many other idols that we have out there. Don't worship them. Worship God. That's what we have to do. The main reason that we gather together isn't so that we can just sing songs that we like and it makes us feel good. It's about worshiping God. Listening to his message is about worshiping God. It's not about what I like or don't like It's about worshiping God. Number three, give what you've been given. Jesus is coming soon and will repay what we've done with what we've been given. This is what we read in Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 through 13. Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Can you step up your giving game in 2021? Oh, there he goes again, talking about money. I am, but I'm also talking about your serving. Will you step up your giving game this year? Will you give of your time, finding ways outside of just Sunday morning to serve? Will you serve on Sunday mornings? Mm Will you give of your talents? I know many of you have some amazing talents, but Travis, I don't know how I can really use my, my, my drawling talent. Well, what, what can I do with that? We'll find something to do with it. Well, Travis, I, I really don't know how I can use the talent that I've been given. You guys have plenty of singers, you have plenty of people that are playing guitars and, and drum. No, we're not. <clears throat> That's Justin. He'll say, we need more. Because we don't want to burn our people out that are serving. We need people to serve in the youth room. We need people to serve in, in the children's program, in the preschool program. We need people, you know, it's hard to think about, but you know, spring is going to be here before long, and, and we've got to start thinking about the, the the maintenance of the yard, and we've got to start thinking about the building, and and we need your help um, every single week. Uh, usually it's our elders and a couple of the staff that help clean the church, but if that's something that maybe you find yourself saying, hey, I would love to help clean the church. I, I, I can't sing, I can't play guitar. I, I'm afraid of a zero turn, but I can pick up trash. We'd love to have you help. We'll use you. Use your time, use your talents, and then give of your money. Financially, if you can step up your game to help us out this year, pray to the Lord and ask him for his blessing and, and how you can do so a couple of weeks ago we went over the budget process with you and, and where we're at And yeah, from, from 2020 to 2021 we, we cut about $30,000 out of our budget but we need you to continue to give and then if you ca- can see fit to give in other ways that you will do so kick it up this year And number four, lastly, go with the gospel. Go with the gospel. I love the gracious invitation that is found in verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Many times, all you have to say is, hey, come. Come worship with us, come meet online with us, join us on Facebook, just come. Be a part of it. That, that, it starts with that right there, just saying come. Are you ready to meet the King of kings and the Lord of lords? You see the babe of Bethlehem became the Christ of the cross and that's what we have to hold on to. Are you ready today? Are you ready to meet him? Are you prepared? If he were to come back today, if your life were to be demanded of you today, are you prepared? Are you ready? If you're not, today can be that day that you can make that decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Someday, you're going to meet the conquering Christ. Make sure you're prepared. Make sure you're ready. If you have a decision to make, I'm going to be in the back. And whether it's you need prayer in your life, you're ready to commit your life over to him. You want to become members uh, of Stafford County Christian Church. You want to know how any one of those things work. I'm going to be in the back. The elders are going to be back there with me. We'd love to meet with you, to talk with you, to pray with you. I'm going to close with the final two verses of Revelation chapter 22. And then we're going to pray and we're going to take communion. He who testifies to these things say, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. We're going to take communion right now, and if you haven't received it, it's on the back two tables, and it's on these two side tables over here. You can go get your emblems. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to take communion, and then we're going to sing one last song. And during any of this time, if, if you need um, to make one of those decisions or commitments, meet us in the back. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the babe of Bethlehem, but Father, we thank you for the conquering Christ even more. And Father, if, if there is someone here who is not given their life over to you that they will choose to make that decision today lord as as we partake of communion if there is sin that we need to just get off of our chest that we will lay it before the foot of the cross and if we need if we need to talk to somebody about our sin that, that we will reach out Father, we thank you for the many gifts that you have bestowed upon us, but most importantly, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came in Bethlehem but reigns in heaven today. We pray this in your Son's name. Yeah.